0: Back everybody to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. And we are going into the breach today. And you'll understand Why, in a minute, we're on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. We always encourage you to download the app, Veritas Catholic Network mobile app, so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And please, wherever you see Joe and I, uh, anywhere on social media, help us out a little bit. Hit a, you know, click something, a like, a subscribe, a share. Do all that fun stuff. Help us out today. We're welcoming back to the program, great friend of the show, Kristen Van Uden from Sophia Institute Press, um, and we're going into the breach because we're talking about atheism. And I love, Joe Russo and all, I got to say, it's almost sinful. I almost have to go to confession. I love taking down atheism. I really do. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I take all the fun that Christopher Hitchens and Sam Harris and, and Richard Dawkins and all those guys had 15 years ago. I take their fun away from them because we're Catholic and our worldview is coherent and makes sense. And their worldview is incoherent and doesn't make sense. Yet they call us a bunch of dummies. We're going to get into that with Kristen Van Uden. For those of you—our audience knows Kristen, but just in case, Kristen Van Uden serves as an author, spokesperson uh, at Sophia Institute. She received her M.A. in history from the College of William & Mary and her B.A. in history and Russian from St. Anselm College. She studies the persecution of Catholics under communist regimes, which we can get into that a little bit today, too, because communist regimes are, by necessity— atheist um she's been featured on a wide range of media platforms including coast to coast am the federalist and the catholic faith network now the book uh that we're going to be discussing that's been released it's a reprint from Sophia institute press is written by father vincent Maselli. okay uh correct correct me if i'm wrong kristen he is a jesuit or was a jesuit correct that's
2: right one of the one of the good ones
0: (laughs) one of the good ones yes we wish we could say that they're All good. Uh, Father Maselli earned his doctoral degree in contemporary philosophy from Fordham University. He studied under Dietrich von Hildebrand. He taught at Loyola, Pontifical Gregorian, Pontifical University of St. Thomas, and Christendom Amongst other colleges, he authored several books, including The Antichrist, Ascent to Being, and The Roots of Violence, and he wrote extensively for journals and magazines such as Los Romano, Homiletic, and Pastoral Review, and the National Catholic Register. Now, Father Maselli made many appearances on national TV and radio programs to promote the faith and co-hosted the syndicated radio program, where. Catholics Meet. That's the book we're di- going to be discussing today, The Gods of Atheism. Kristen Van Uden, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe.
2: Thanks so much for having me back.
0: As always, I'm going to hand it over to Joe.
1: This one's gonna be a crazy one, Kristen. I could tell you that
2: oh.
1: right now. I could already tell. Uh let's begin with the prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O oh, Most Gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O oh, Mother of the Word, incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen name of the father son holy spirit amen so kristen why did we reprint this what does society need to learn from father miscelli we already discussed on the show his book the antichrist my father had that book ironically like like which i find to be very interesting um but with regard to this book what does society need to know about the gods of atheism and why did we reprint it now
2: Well, I think today, and it just keeps getting worse and worse, but at least from the the 80s, when Father Michelli died onward, atheism is seen almost as the default state of man, right? If you are religious, any any religion even, you are seen as the freak and the outsider of society. Atheism is the zeitgeist. Uh, They have the escape hatch of saying, oh, I'm just agnostic rather than purely atheistic to sort of take all the things that all the questions they don't know how to answer about the supernatural and just put them in a big big bucket of maybe that's what that's what agnosticism essentially does is just tables the question perpetually and so it's important to understand that this was not always the case atheism was not always the default state religion of the globe in fact During Christendom, Christianity, Catholicism, the true church was the default. And then depending on where you were in the world, various pagan religions or false religions could be the default. And then this is why the church evangelized. But atheism is a pernicious error that has been premeditated and introduced into the culture through thinkers such as these Enlightenment figures that Father Michelli analyzes. And this was a project. This was something that obviously is organized by the devil, but was also organized by these individuals, their philosophies, and their adherents to introduce into the culture to destabilize Christendom, and to win the culture over to atheism. Okay. So this is this is the main point to make, is that this this is a new phenomenon, really. Atheism as such is the product of these thinkers, and to know exactly what these founding fathers of atheism, so to speak, believed and taught, we are better equipped to dismantle it.
1: Chris I just want to touch on one thing you said isn't it so true that like if you believe in God and I mean really believe in God and you follow the church that you're a freak people say that and you know it's funny I just want to break that down from my own life and I'm not trying to wave my own flag I'm just gonna be very honest I was very popular in high school I had tons (laughs) of friends in college I lived in the most popular house on the campus Wow. After I'm mean, who cares? I say I'm <laughs> beyond cool now. I don't care. But the thing is, all of a sudden I became Catholic, really Catholic. And then I'm a freak for 30 <laughs> years, Kristen. A freak. Yeah. And everyone thinks you're crazy. And it's like, no, I'm not crazy. I'm the same guy. I just think hot.
0: about think think about this. Think about um think about Richard Dawkins for a second. OK, so for I'm sure, Christian, you're going to get into it. So we know that the more aggressive form of atheism um, was really started to be pushed within the last, let's say, 20 years, 25 years. OK, all based on these gods of atheism that we're going to be talking about, that Father Maselli wrote about in his book. OK, all these Enlightenment thinkers. Hitchens used to love to sit there and make it seem like if you don't believe with Enlightenment thinkers, then you're, there's something wrong with you. I want to say, listen, Hitch, not everybody's <laughs> got to agree with Spinoza okay? Not everybody's got to agree with David Hume. They're philosophers. It means that they're willing to debate their positions, okay? But having said that, you mentioned Freak. Joe mentioned that too, okay? (laughs) Richard Dawkins got up on a stage. He got up on a stage. Remember, we believe in Jesus Christ and the resurrection from the dead, okay? Now, which to me is completely defensible, all right? Uh, the, the, The belief in the resurrection, okay? Richard Dawkins, Took it one step further. Got up in front of one of his sycophantic audiences and said, "When you see anybody who simply believes in God, not Jesus Christ, not Buddha, okay, not uh, you know any of these other guys, just simply has a belief that there's a creator God, you get in their face and mock them. That's what that's what Richard Dawkins said. That means he's setting the goalposts." It's either if you believe simply that there's a creator of the universe, whatever form he takes. Okay, in other words, but he but he is the creator of the universe. Okay, you are to be mocked. He even went one step further to say, if you believe in God, it's a it's and you teach it to your children, that's tantamount to child abuse. Okay, meaning your kids could be taken away from you because when you abuse your children, and Europe has done that by the way with Christian families. Now there's my little rant. Okay, but let's get it straight. About, about these guys, okay? They're not just talking about Jesus Christ. They're talking about simply the belief in God himself. Let me let me segue Kristen Van Uden joining us in the front line with Joe and Joe real quick um, and, and to a question for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Man was created by God for God and to be with God for all eternity. Now, when man rejects God, he will invariably create his own God, okay? So one of the false gods or, of atheism is Nietzsche, okay? Okay, Nietzsche said, Now that we have killed God, who is to replace God? Shall we not become gods? Talk about that, because the false god that you ultimately create is yourself.
2: That's exactly right, and it's mimicking what Satan himself did in the first fall from heaven, is that he could not handle what it actually meant to follow God, and in his pride, he became God to himself. And this is impossible. We see that he did not go on to found his own heaven and to— found all of his kingdoms but rather he is stuck now forever in misery and he still serves God as a slave because he cannot usurp the supernatural order it's impossible because it's it's absolute and eternal and so like you mentioned every person was made in the image and likeness of God so this means that we have an innate sense and an innate desire for God so we live our lives, distracting ourselves from that inner conscience speaking to us and from that desire. We can do anything under the sun in order to stifle the conscience, but it's still there and it will still scream out for union with God. And so because of this inner disposition, If God is not in his proper place, the human being still has that drive to worship something. And so if it's not going to be God, then necessarily something else will be worshipped. And that's just the way human beings are programmed and wired. There's no getting around that, no matter how many distractions you add. And so most times that thing that is worshipped in place of God is the self. This is like Satan, just pride and absolute love of self-will. And uh, what is called the vice of self love. And Father Michelli interestingly says that before atheism becomes formal, it's often material. So atheism develops out of a piecemeal rejection of God. So, towards the beginning, an apostate or a man in perpetual mortal sin are no different than an atheist in how they act because they begin by rejecting God's will here and there or, um, you know, practically being an atheist in that they know what God's will is, but they choose their own will instead. And that develops into a more doctrinal atheism where because you're living a life in rejection of God, you have to build a philosophy around that in order to square the circle in your own head rather than just submit to the will of God. So we see very many false gods that arise, many metaphorical false gods. Science is the big one of our time, especially this a posteriori naturalism that focuses solely on empiricism and the material world also a big one that the book covers is the worship of man not necessarily of the self although that is part and parcel of this but of the idea of man the idea of humanity the uh, false sentimentality of being attached to um really the, the doctrine of the antichrist as we've discussed before uh uh a doctrine of humanitarianism without God. And so that can be raised as a false idol as well. Many things for each person, it's as personalized as their sin is and as their plan in God's will had been. Uh, The way that they reject God at each step along the line is so unique that no atheist looks the same. They they espouse many of the same errors, but their rejection of God is always a, a very it's a personal resentment, and that's one of the through lines throughout each of these thinkers is just the, the jealousy, the resentment, and the hatred they have of God. So that it is more accurate, rather than calling it atheism, to call it sometimes anti theism. Because when you think about it, the word itself, the term, is defined by what it rejects God. It's not sometimes, you know, like Feuerbach, I think, or no, it was Compt, will, will come up with his own religion called positivism, but it really is just founded on a rejection. So. Their entire foundation is in rebellion and rejection rather than in love of God and that's just a huge sign that it's false.
0: Kristen Van Uden is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe the reprint uh of a of a great book that's out right now from Sophia Institute Press is Gods of Atheism by Father Vincent Masselli SJ so we encourage you to go to sophiainstitutepress.com um or or correct me if I'm wrong Chris is sophiainstitute.com or
2: Institute.com.
0: Sophia Institute.com. Don't, don't buy the book on Amazon, buy the book from the publisher. Let's support um, our Catholic publishers, Joe Resinello.
1: I just want to comment on something you said, because we were basically talking about, you know, we were expounding upon the idea that man is created by God for God and to be be with God for all eternity. When I used to teach in the church doing various things, adult uh, formation, RCIA, I would always say this. The rules of God apply to you whether you acknowledge him or not, because we were made by God. You see, you're denying reality. Reality is God. And to be honest with you, as Jordan Peterson had put it, it doesn't get more real than the Catholic Church. He's not even Catholic, and he says that. It's true. It's absolutely true. And when you're denying reality, there are consequences that you can't choose. And people just double down on them as if it's not going to apply to them. This is my own observation as a person who's been walking in the faith for 30 years— It's reality. Just like you could deny. I always used to use this example and I've said it on the show in the past and forgive me if you've heard it, but gravity is reality. You could deny it. But if you jump off a roof, you're going to fall. It's the same thing. And I, I want to get your, your views on that because I think people, it's it's simply, you're cutting off, you know, I'll, I'll give a Jersey term. You're cutting off your nose despite despite your face. You know, my mother would say that to me all the time. You're just hurting yourself. God is reality. And when we refuse to live by his law, we're the ones who suffer. What are your thoughts? I think that's absolutely, well, it is true. It's not, I think it is.
2: That's absolutely true. And not only is atheism a rejection of reality, but it's also a rejection of self, like you alluded to, because our identities are so entwined in God and the fact that he came to save us and died for us and wants us to be with him forever in heaven, that the logical conclusion of rejecting God is rejecting our own selves, which ends in suicide. And so this is why Nietzsche, I believe, was the one who said that all men, when they come to the realization that God is dead, should just commit suicide. And why so many people who become nihilists, existentialists, atheists, do turn to suicide. And if not physically, then they turn to like a you know, just a, a self-hatred or a hatred of humanity as well, because they start to hate the image and likeness of God because they hate God and the image of like and likeness of God is each of us. And so it, it's almost wanting to claw their own skin off and, and give back their humanity, renege on the graces that God gave us and destroy The image and likeness of God that looks back at them from the mirror because of their extreme hatred for God. So, of course, we can't be anything but ourselves. And when you follow that to its conclusion and what our true identity is as children of God, you cannot but love God. And so, this just doesn't work. They are trying to be something other than human. And Nietzsche terms this as being the Übermensch, the Superman who has done away with God and stripped himself of his God given dignity and need for a creator. And it's just manifestly absurd. And the the ail- ailments of our time about so much self hatred and just the epidemic of of mental illness, especially, I think, is, is intimately tied to this. Uh, unspoken rejection of self that comes along with the rejection of God. I think you're right.
1: And I want you to expand on this, Joe Pasil, because I know you're going to have comments on it. What we saw in the summer of 2020, and I want to comment on what you said, Kristen, was a projection of self-hatred. There is no question in my mind. You see, as a Catholic, we are all sinners, just as atheists are sinners. I'm a sinner, but I have a place to put my sin. It's called the confession box. And Christ died for my sin, and I acknowledge that as truth, and I am freed when I go to confession. It's not psychological. An atheist or someone who's an agnostic or even, frankly, a Protestant has nowhere directly to put their sin. And as a result, self-hatred builds up. And that is what we saw in the summer of 2020. It was no nothing more than projection of self-hatred. They have nowhere else to put the sins of society but to project them on something as opposed to confessing our own sin. First Joe Pasillo. What are well, you no, no. thoughts? I, then, I, I want to get
0: to that in a second. I want to comment on something that that, that Kristen Van Uden joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe said about suicide. Okay. Richard Dawkins said, I know I'm picking on Richard Dawkins, but he wants to talk, he wants to think he's smart. And that's why I don't like him. I love him. I pray for his conversion, okay, but I don't like him very much, okay, because of the garbage that comes out of his mouth. He said the greatest thing that human beings could do is commit mass suicide. And I remember my reaction to that when I saw it. I said, You first, Richard. You first. I'm not committing suicide. My life is not meaningless. You could write 10 books that say that I suffer from a delusion because I believe in God. I don't care. You don't influence my life. Because as Joe said, and as you alluded to, what we believe in is reality. See, I believe in the ground of all being, as Aquinas said. And by the way, philosophically speaking, they can't argue with any of the Catholic philosophers either. Okay? They dismiss Aquinas. They dismiss Augustine. They don't want to argue metaphysics. They don't want to argue first things. They can't. Because their worldview is incoherent, they can the nothing that they say can explain anything. So what they find themselves is in uh, uh, Richard Dawkins says the universe is a brute fact. That's it. Meaning it's meaningless. There's nothing. There's no meaning. And again, that. But you mentioned it. What about people? How many people killed themselves maybe because of what Richard Dawkins says or had said? Took him to heart and said, well he says life is meaningless. He's a, he's a scientist, so I blow my brains out or OD on heroin. OK, that's why I don't like that guy. OK, that's my attitude. You first, Richard. You don't like your life. You don't value your life. You think you're meaningless. OK, then you first you jump off the cliff. I ain't going. That's number one. And number two, Joe, you're right. When you've emptied your when you have no meaning in life. OK, eventually you devolve down. You start by doing good works. I'm going to do I'm going to feed some poor people. Then you start to project on other people and you describe them as as unjust in some way a lot of times because of skin color and this and that then you get the politics that gets injected into it and before you know it you have the summer of 2020 a bunch of nihilists a generation of nihilists have nothing better to do than try to tear down society for everybody else because their own lives are meaningless now we got to pray for these people we should seek to evangelize these people okay at the end of the day okay but this is this is the state of human beings without god whether Dawkins or, or Sam Harris or Daniel Dennett or any one of them want to admit it, when you be, when you encourage people to leave, lead a meaningless life, it ultimately is going to end in violence. And by the way, one more point, every single commun- every single atheistic regime in the last hundred years killed, not because of war, just because of outright deliberate murder, over 100 million people, okay, shows you how much they value those who are made in the image and likeness of God. Okay, that's why I don't take them seriously. That's why I don't take them seriously. Because everything they accuse other people of, they're guilty of ten times worse. There's my there's my diatribe, Kristen Van Uden. (laughs) Your comments? Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 really sad. There's really no such thing as a happy atheist. They'll put on a good show, but when you dig deep into what their happiness is comprised of it's just mere hedonism and pleasure seeking and serving of self and that's really just an airsoft surface level distraction to go back to that from really facing themselves in the mirror and discovering the truth and what you see a lot of these people can't be alone with their thoughts there's endless distractions travel Conferences, friends, parties—all of these things that keep the noise and the activity level at such a high that you don't need to just sit down and be alone and figure out, contemplate the four last things. They they do spend interestingly a lot of time contemplating their own deaths, as we've said, but they they believe that that that's it, and there there's nothing afterward. And and the interesting thing. I'm glad you bring up the the use of mockery from Christopher Hitchens, especially is that these atheists today are fighting with the gloves off. They're not evangelizing in a way that somebody who has found a pearl of great prize and wants to bring it to others is evangelizing. They're telling people literally to kill themselves. They're telling people their lives are meaningless and that uh, acting as if this is a, a, truth and a happy revelation to be able to give people and so the you know by their fruits you shall know them um also to joe's previous comment about sin and having no place to expiate for sins without confession they then go on to look for absolution in all the wrong places and not only to not have anything to do with sin and anywhere to put sin, but also to deny the concept of sin entirely and to merely give themselves license, this false sense of freedom to continue to sin and to make excuses for sin. And this is why we see all sorts of unnatural sins being deified under movements with their own flags, for example, because they are seeking that approval, which what they're really seeking is absolution from the sin, but instead they're seeking affirmation and to have this okayed by millions of people so that they can feel better in their own consciences about what they're doing. So looking for this absolution is, as you mentioned, a projection onto society. And so society will change to to accommodate sin when there is no proper route for sin to be expiated.
1: Absolutely. Joe Racinello. See, that was well put. Much better than I said it, Kristen. I'll be honest with you. That's why we love you. That was that was wonderfully said, perfectly said. Thank you. <laughs> um, Father Maselli in the book talks about practical atheists. What what is that? Well, can we let's break that down a little bit?
2: Yeah. So the practical atheist is kind of the the first step on the line to atheism. So as I kind of touched on this earlier, the practical atheist can even be a Catholic, or they can be someone in, in other religions that does not really take the faith seriously. And they are acting in accordance with their own will and believing that they'll follow the faith only up into a point. And the point at which they leave is when it contradicts their own will. And so we can see even in the lives of these men that are profiled in the book, many of them began as religious men. Um, One interesting aside is that many of them, Nietzsche and, Feuerbach especially began as Protestants. And so I wonder how much of their atheism comes from the fact that they had a false notion of God to begin with and they had a disordered uh vision of the church. There's and there's a
0: there's a whole other conversation we could have, Christian, yeah. and that, that'll make a lot of people uncomfortable talking about how how Protestantism and the Protestant revolt led to the Enlightenment. They would mm-hmm. applaud that. We would mm-hmm. say, no, that's the problem. I'm sorry. Continue, please.
2: Right. And how their idea as God is like this uh this wrathful, vengeful Old Testament God uh that, that's common in many Protestant circles caused them to necessarily hate him and to turn on him. So that's that's an interesting aside that Father Michelli doesn't really get into, but he includes some of their writings from when they were religious men. So Nietzsche, his someone, I believe it was his father, but he came from a line of Lutheran ministers. And so he grew up religious. And he includes a passage that Nietzsche wrote when he was a young man before his atheism, where He says, I'll just read this passage. I have already experienced many things, joy as well as sadness, lightness of heart as well as depression. But in all these things, God has certainly led me as a father might lead his helpless little child. He has already imposed much suffering on me. But in all this, I recognize with reverence his majestic power, which has everything turn out for the best. I have firmly resolved to devote myself to his service forever. And he goes on like this, sounding like a perfectly religious person. And so obviously, at one point, he lost his faith. And this is a really interesting thing to take case studies and to follow their trajectory of giving up the faith, rejecting the faith for atheism and turning into this hateful creature who at one point loved God. And then due to various circumstances in their life, mostly suffering, and suffering that they could not understand, decided to reject God instead. So we can see that before Nietzsche had developed a doctrine of atheism, he was living as a practical atheist, because before he started this crusade against God, he felt disappointed in God, he felt God had abandoned him. He, at um at various points, would begin to act against God in his will by sinning, by rejecting Certain, of course, he wasn't Catholic, but rejecting certain tenets of the faith in order to please himself or to make more sense of the suffering he saw around him. And My we under- can see that over time, that adds up.
0: <clears throat> My understanding is that he, he he deliberately contracted syphilis. In other words, that like he that's how much he got to the point where he hated himself. I, I believe it, it was Nietzsche. And let's remember, he ended up dead in the street. Mm-hmm. He, he ended up talking to—he was talking to the horses in the street. He ended up dead in the street. He lost his mind, yes. okay? Now, am I going to blame atheism for that? No, Sam Harris would say, well, I'm not losing my mind, okay? So Nietzsche might have had some problems to begin with. But ultimately, it's like you said, his problems were pro- mentally, psychologically, were probably exacerbated by his rejection of God, okay? You cannot get it, like, even as somebody who is as, as intelligent as Nietzsche was cannot square atheism with reality, We'll get back to that on the other side of the break. Kristen Van Uden is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. We're talking about The Gods of Atheism, a reprint from Sophia Institute by Father Vincent Maselli S.J. That's available. Kristen, real quick, the websites where um, our audience could buy the book.
2: It's available at SophiaInstitute.com
0: sophiainstitute.com just go to the website let's support our catholic publishers we're going to be right back with christian we're going to have another great segment we're talking about the god's of atheism stick around with us stick around here with us at the veritas catholic radio network we'll be right back where there's catholic radio the folks who listen deepen their faith families are strengthened parishes and communities flourish so let people know you're listening to veritas tell your friends to tune in and let's make an impact here for Jesus and His Church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rasinello, way in the breach with Christian Van Uden from Sophia Institute Press. We're discussing a reprint from Sophia, "Gods of Atheism" by Father Vincent Micelli, S.J. Um, uh, let's just jump right back into it, Joe Rasinello.
1: Kristen, in, in the book, Father Maselli basically goes down, you know, a list of how society has fallen um, into this state of religious indifference and corruption. I mean, could you give us a little synopsis of that? Because clearly it just didn't happen. You know, it, it was a slow grind, I guess, to how we are. Uh, right now. And frankly, you know, I'm 52 years old. And when I was in my 20s, it, it's it nearly wasn't as bad. I know every generation says that. But I mean, um, at that point, there were at least two genders then there's there's according to Joe Biden, there's at least three. I was
0: gonna say Joe Biden said
2: there's
1: yeah, th- at least three, at least three. Yeah. At least three. So I mean, uh, how do we get here? What did Misselli have to say about it?
2: So he obviously chooses the um, the Protestant Reformation or more rightly termed Protestant Revolution as a starting point for all of this. But some of the main revolutions that really got us to this point are the French Revolution and then the Enlightenment. So he believes that the term Enlightenment is really just a false euphemism and that a, a better term for the Enlightenment would be the, the intellectual revolution of the 17th and 18th century. The Enlightenment, as we know, um, just some basics, was was a movement that was characterized by all different fields that focused on empiricism, so only what we can view with our senses. This is the primacy of science develops during this period. Progress, uh, the separation of church and state, and the introduction of the idea that religion is merely a series of myths that the people used to sate themselves, to deal with their suffering, all throughout life and that now we know better because we have climbed the tower of babel we have the scientific empirical knowledge and we can do away with these religions of the past so Comte, who is one of the figures covered in this book believed that religion served a purpose in the middle ages and that now man has evolved beyond religion so we can see how this is not an objective view of humanity at all it's very subjectivist it's that, oh, you know, something can't be true for one generation and then false for the next. So they view religion merely in terms of imminence as coming from man rather than transcendence coming from God. And so really the beginning of this period could be marked by Descartes in in 1637 with his cogito ergo sum, I think therefore I am, giving this power to man to think himself into existence and to define reality under his terms, merely through a solipsistic projection of his own mind and abilities and senses. And so once that narrative had been flipped, where instead of it's God giving knowledge to man, it's man discovering knowledge and building God out of himself and out of the world around him, then really the the road to atheism was inevitable because this, as Archbishop Lefevre calls it, they have uncrowned him. They have removed, at the French Revolution especially, the primacy of god and literally to the point where at the french revolution they took a prostitute and dressed her up as the goddess of reason and placed her on the tabernacle in notre dame cathedral so unseating god and his primacy church in church and in state and then taking the subjectivist view of the world around us
0: yeah that's that's enlightenment thinking for you you know like that that's how creative they got they get the prostitute they put her on the on, on the thing um There's so much to unpack with what you just said. But here's one one thing I don't like is this. If you want to be an atheist, nobody can impose the Catholic faith on you. Nobody will impose the Catholic religion on you. You either accept it, you reject it. If you want to know more, we're we're three people that would help you out to know more, or we'll point you in the right direction. What I don't like is their lies, though. Their lies. You mentioned the Enlightenment. The Enlightenment is the true dark ages. That's lie number one. Okay, because what do they have to say? That the real Dark Ages was the time between the fall of the Roman Empire and the end of the Middle Ages, because that was the reign of the Catholic Church. Okay, everything they take for granted was created during that time Mm -hmm. hospitals, universities, uh, the whole education system in Europe, everything that they benefited from, the scientific method itself, all came from the supposed Dark Ages, okay, Mm -hmm. in the Middle Ages, where God was prime. They come along and I have a, I want you to comment on this. What they they lie about that. They call that the Dark Ages. They call the Enlightenment the Enlightenment where the reverse is true. But can we not? Why do they lie and not? They say the Catholic Church has to accept the consequences for all these things. You name it, Galileo. They always fall on Galileo and and, 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 and other things that church men have done wrong in history. Okay, fine. I got no problem with that. But you don't accept responsibility for the natural, according to Sam Harris, the natural consequence of religious belief is violence. He made that statement. I'm paraphrasing, but he made that statement, mostly referring to Islam. Okay. However, but they reject the idea that from that, that through the Enlightenment, starting with the Protestant revolt, through the so-called Enlightenment, okay, you have had between the French Revolution and today, you have had more deliberate murder at the hands of atheistic regimes. Than in any other – than in all the religious wars combined, okay, combined. And I don't care what religious wars they were, and they will not accept responsibility for that. Sam Harris says we have to accept responsibility for the actions of churchmen a thousand years ago, like during the Crusades. But he won't accept responsibility for Mao and Stalin and Hitler and all the rest of the atheist horrid crew that we've had – that we've seen in just 100 years, okay? Talk about that a little bit, Kristen.
2: Exactly. Ideas have consequences. And it's by very fact of atheism being so disorganized and not being an organized religion that they can all evade responsibility for the consequences of the ideas that they forward. So first of all, yeah, that hypocrisy really gets under my skin sometimes too. And Also, their weaponization of mockery and the fact that they they know that this is such a powerful tool. It's what the devil does. It will get you to persecute yourself rather than being overtly persecuted. So they they all are characterized by this Voltarian smirk where they they think they know better than you. And uh, there again, there's no true evangelization or love for the individual human in the way that someone who is evangelizing has a love for souls so that would be yeah that would be my first reaction to that and then what was your second question again
0: no i just wanted i just wanted a quick comment on that i mean i'm talking about the 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 acceptance of the responsibility in Mm -hmm. other words like where they where they point the finger at catholics Okay. And others who are religious people and say, you, your worldview leads to all this violence. But yeah, we can demonstrate that the atheist worldview has a body count that is, is hundreds of times higher than all the religious wars combined. Okay. All the things they want to point to. Okay. They 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 complain and moan about Galileo, who was one person. Who if you were ever in prison, you should have you should have had it as good as Galileo did when he was in prison. Okay, and and yet they have piles and piles and piles of, piles of dead bodies and rivers of blood that they're responsible for. Okay, uh, people who share their worldview like Stalin and Hitler and Mao and, and Pol Pot. Okay, yet they they claim no responsibility for. They won't accept atheism writ large, will not accept any responsibility for those dead bodies. And I say we need to hold their feet to the fire and say, no, you don't get a pass. Mm-hmm. Those dead bodies are on you and your worldview. That was my larger comment, Kristen.
1: But look at look at how abortion is rationalized. Yeah, exactly. Because you can't accept that, Joe, because the, you, to to accept that reality is to either commit suicide or to convert. That is such a stark reality. And that is exactly the reason why they won't accept it because they can't, you can't like you're like, they're still made of flesh and blood. And to, to Kristen's point, there are consequences to accepting an idea, you know, and I'm not pointing fingers. Uh, Trust me when I say this, Um, but for a woman who's had an abortion or a man who's participated in it, to come forward and to ask for forgiveness takes courage. I applaud you, to be honest with you. And, And God forgives you. Here's another wonderful thought. God forgives you. But that is hard. It's not easy to say such a thing, and that's why I think we see the reaction of the world today, because they're lashing out. In many cases, not to pick on the abortion issue, many of these women have had abortions, and they refuse to acknowledge the wrong in it. So what do they do? They attack. It's an attack because they can't say those words. I took the life of my child god please forgive me and here's the the best part about it he will right if you do right he will because right. he loves you you so know let's so
0: keep the let's keep uh, the conversation going No, i hear you i know we have limited time so we want to get into a little bit more of the meat of the book gods of atheism by father vincent Maselli. this is a reprint out from Sophia Institute Press. We encourage you to go to SophiaInstitute.com and buy any, all the books that they have to offer there. But this one we're talking about today is Gods of Atheism. You could tell we're a bit more animated today than we usually are, (laughs) even though that's that's saying a lot, Joe Russ and all. Um, But we have Kristen Van Uden here with us from Sophia Institute. So uh, Joe, where do you want to go next?
1: Let's talk about Archbishop Chaput. Um, I, I always thought he got a raw deal to be honest with you, because um, I thought he should have been a card. my $2 opinion. Um, they didn't consult with me, Kristen. Uh, I, no. I wish they had Joe <laughs> so Rosanello. But I, I always liked him, and I've read uh, a number of his books. I wanted to bring up Strangers in a Strange Land and also Render Unto Caesar. Highly recommend these reads. Shapu says this, because he's talking about in these books um, the loss of faith in the Western world. So I think it ties into what Maselli is talking about in this book. This is what he says. He says... the world hates the story christians tell it no longer believes in sin it doesn't understand the forgiveness of sinners it finds the ideas of a personal god immortality grace miracles the incarnation the resurrection and the whole architecture of the sacraments and the supernatural more and more implausible it sneers at the restraints the gospel places on appetites and ego and in place of the christian narrative of history it lowers the human horizon This is interesting to a relentless now. Yeah, I like that. Actions, desires, and suppressed questions about meaning. He's 100% right. And I just want to give one concrete example, and then I'd love both your comments. I mean, I am, you know, a married man, uh, five kids, and you talk to people and say, I have five kids. I get this all the time Catholics. When are you going to stop? Like, like, when are you going to stop? I'm telling you, it is implausible to people. They can't wrap their mind around the fact that the church teaches something. And if you want to be a disciple, which means a follower of Christ, you have to follow that because God says so through his church. That is your, you want to talk about being viewed as a crazy person? Try that one. People like, are like, you have five kids, when are you going to stop? Get yourself mm. fixed. Have you ever found the idea of a, like a grasp a, a condom? Like this is type of stuff people say. Catholics say it. This is what your pew's talking about. They can't grasp the idea. It's implausible. What are your thoughts, Kristen?
2: Yeah, well, it's this is why it's almost impossible to argue with these people sometimes because they won't even agree on the basic premise. So, um like father michelli says that atheists have they they say that they have love for man but it's really a decapitated love his words because if you can't love god then your idea of man is completely wrong and you'll just be loving an incomplete love and if that love is separated from god who is love it's meaningless and so whenever you try to argue with with atheists and those who even, I guess, within the church have imbibed sort of this this zeitgeist that's founded on atheism of uh seeking of of pleasure and worldly goods over those of the next world, that they, they don't even want to talk about metaphysics. You can't even get oh. them, pin them down. They believe metaphysics is fake and that all we have is the physical world, and Father Michelli, interestingly addresses this because often we'll find atheists always whine, right? They'll they'll whine that the world is unfair, suffering is too much, and I get it, like suffering it, it's a lot. But the we're the only religion that gives suffering its proper place of being offered up and being a means of redemption, and there's really no options, no other option because suffering is inevitable. And so if you're not going to take Jesus's word for suffering in his way, then you have to take the atheist way and you have to become the spiral of depression and, and self-hatred. And so Father Maccelli says here on page 19, the person who sulks in atheism because he has no sensible evidence, no solid physical facts for God's existence, opens himself up to the critique of being petulantly unreasonable and demanding what is impossible because their entire framework of show me the proof show me the money how can we without beyond a shadow of doubt prove that gods exists scientifically is never what god promised anyway and it's not like that when we do find scientific proofs of god so when you pay attention to like what nasa is doing and just see like the big bang theory and all of that but that that's not what the basis of faith is based on. And for them to demand these things extrinsically, while ignoring and rejecting our intrinsic arguments and intrinsic first things is intellectually dishonest. And so there's really, it's like talking to someone from another planet, where if you can't agree on a premise, even in old school philosophical proofs, there's no way for the proof to go on. So often, um, we have to just at that point, give up and lead by example, as, as I know. Christian Van
0: Uten, you're joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. You're much, much, much more charitable than me. You call it intellectual dishonesty. I just call it lying. Yeah,
2: it is you're, lying. You're lying.
0: Now mm-hmm. let's get back to something you said. I want to comment. And then we have, we have a little bit of time. We want to get to a couple more questions. Um, but I want to encourage people out there to understand, okay. I'm not going to argue with Sam Harris. Now others, I wish more Catholics would step up and argue with these people. Stop relying on, Again, Protestants. I don't want to see William Lane Craig arguing anymore with with atheists. Trent Horn has done it, and there are other Catholics. We need more Catholics that are out there hitting them, figuratively speaking, in the face with the truth of the Catholic, authentic Christianity. Um, I uh, but but you you know you mentioned about uh, intellectual dishonesty. I, I call it line, oh, where I was going with that was here's what we also have to remember. You'll know somebody's full of garbage by their tactics by their unwillingness to address certain points. Let me give you an example. You mentioned metaphysics, okay? Thomas Aquinas gives you the metaphysical proofs for the existence of God. Like it or not, okay, he's one of the greatest minds in human history, all right? He lays it out logically, okay? If you have an argument, okay, there's your argument. Two things happen from the so-called enlightened atheists, okay? Uh, uh, I think Sam Harris Um, and Richard Dawkins here, I'm going to pick on those two again, is Dawkins says we have no need for metaphysics. You alluded to that, okay? Why? Because of what I just said. Why? Because metaphysics asks the why questions, the why and the how. Like, Like, why did something come into being? How did I come into being? But why do I exist? What is the meaning and purpose of my life, amongst other things, okay? So Richard Dawkins dismisses metaphysics by saying, we don't mean we don't need metaphysics. We have physics. That's a lie. Okay. Yes, mm-hmm. you need metaphysics. They're there. Whether like Joe said about gravity, whether you like it or not, you mm-hmm. have to discuss metaphysics. And if you're not willing to, all those people out there who might listen to Richard Dawkins, I would say, be careful. He's not willing to defend his argument. That's number one. And number two, with Aquinas in particular, but they do this with so many people. When you say, Well, Thomas Aquinas put put together the the metaphysical and philosophical proofs Of the existence of God Well, Aquinas also believed the earth was flat So I don't have to argue with him mm-hmm. Do you see their, how slick they think they are? Mm-hmm. That's why we have to confront them No, you must answer these questions If you're going to posit this is a legitimate worldview For people to follow These are the questions you have to answer Okay, Point blank period I wish more Catholics were out there in the public square Actually doing the debating I, Again, I don't want to see Protestants And evangelicals anymore Okay, I want more Trent Horns and people like out there, putting the putting their feet to the fire and enforcing them to answer these questions. Quick, quick comment on that, Kristen, please.
2: Yeah, it's right. It's it's just the complete uh, practice of sophistry of of lying with fancy words and obfuscation and decentering the point and really arguing from the wrong. End of things too. They if you argue only from empiricism, then I mean it's just like how how do you even square the fact that we are all here sitting in the same room and just they 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 refuse to ask like what what is a human, even uh these these very these very basic things that um and interestingly enough, just like with the first generation of atheists, they were heirs to the great tradition of um, the church's educational history, for example, that gave them the tools to be even able to possess an error of this magnitude is, is this. And so the tactics, yes, I've, I've never seen, I don't watch these debates too much anymore. Um, I just get too annoyed, but I've, I've never seen an intellectual argument from an atheist that is not just based on them wanting to avoid a difficult life and face up to sin and face up to uncertainty as well. I,
0: I think um, that's a very I think that's one of the most important points of something Joe Rasanello hammers home on the show all the time. He says the same thing about Protestants, and I happen to agree, not because he's my brother-in-law, because it's the truth. There's always something there. We all have our sins, we all need to put things down, we all struggle with things. Okay. But I don't seek to hold on to those things so and to the rejection of the truth. And again, as as a sinner, as a someone struggling, I I, get, I use what the church gives me, the confessional, okay, and I ask Jesus for the grace to to put these things down, whatever they may be. We all have our our struggles, okay. Whereas their rejection of 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 God Himself means that they might have to change their lives, and they 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 just they refuse to do it. They don't want to hear it. But let's keep going, Joe Racinello. Well, uh, we have a few minutes left. Where do you want to go?
1: No, I I want to comment on something Kristen said, talking about like talking to some of these people that you get to a point you just can't. Um, Mm -hmm. Another one of your authors, uh, Kristen, which we've had on the show, uh, Father Dwight Logendecker, his book Beheading Hydra, A Radical Plan for Christians in an Atheistic uh, Age, great book. Sophia book, go out and buy it. Phenomenal. This is what Father Dwight has to say, because I think it touches on what you were just saying. He says, only by the light of our lives will we defeat this darkness. Debate and dialogue are now pointless. Our lives are only are the only remaining argument. I think when there isn't, like, I think that's where our politics have gone south in this country, because there was a time where both parties had a belief in God. We were not a Catholic nation, but there was a Christian under underlying foundation to both parties not perfect but it was there it's gone It's gone. You're not going to have that argument. Like, because there's people just shut you down. They're not even listening. You could be mathematically perfect and accurate in laying out facts and truth. It's just not listened to. And what Father Dwight is saying, and I personally think he nails it, I really do. In that book, he lays out 16 isms and then he talks about the solution. And the solution, in my view, is holiness holiness you can't ignore it it's in your face it stops traffic and that's what father dwight's talking about and frankly that wins every argument every single argument joe what do you think
0: well no i'm going to hand it over to christian but i would simply say is that's where the church that's why every time in history the church is strong the world is strong when the church is weak Because of corruption, okay? And corruption has been there from the beginning. This is not a shock to anybody who knows their faith, okay? Corruption was there going back to Judas, okay? So don't be shocked by it. But when there's corruption, when the church is either corrupt in her teachings, like now, okay? Um, and, 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 you know, radical German cardinals that want to change church teaching, okay? Or at the time of Luther. Luther had legitimate beefs about the abuse of indulgences. He believed in indulgences. He, he was railing against the abuse of indulgences, okay? But then it'd be, oh, so when the church is weak, the world is weak. That's why the church, we, and it'll be up to us and strong prelates out there, okay, leading us, okay? um, And on God's good time, where society will be renewed. But I agree with you, all right? If we're not doing it in our own lives, look, if I'm out cheating on my wife, but I'm out there at work talking about being a good Catholic and people know about that, guess what? Not exactly gonna win people over, If I'm not trying to live a holy life, at least if I'm not trying, okay, you're not winning anybody over. And the church in general has to project that, and we as individual lay Catholics, we have to too. As you always like to say, Joe, and I think it's an appropriate thing to always say on this show, it stops traffic. People say, dude, he's got five kids. He's how old? 51 years old. I I want a little bit more of what he's got. You know what I'm saying? Kristen, what do you think?
2: That's right. That hypocrisy, first of all, drives people away from the church and is even responsible for the apostasy of some of the figures in this book, which was really interesting and sad, really tragic to see is that they had a false notion of what it was and they were rejecting that false notion. And then, likewise, Example, good example, brings conversions. And so this is the whole principle behind the blood of martyrs or is the seed of the church, right? The martyrs convinced, made many conversions in their lifetimes, but also they didn't convince everyone because somebody killed them. So somebody pulled the trigger, somebody beheaded them, somebody threw them into the arena. Those people were not convinced by their arguments. Those people were stuck in their lies. They were stuck in their intellectual dishonesty, their lack of moral courage, and their inability to see the truth. And that's why they sent the martyrs to their deaths. But after the martyrs' deaths, many of these people then converted themselves. Many of the executioners converted. St. Isaac de Jogues, for example, the Native American man that killed him, then converted after he had killed him and took on the name Isaac de Jogues and then was martyred again himself. And so... This witness is more powerful because it speaks to the soul on a more elemental level than just an intellectual argument. And you can't make as many degrees and layers of obfuscations and lies and distractions when witnessing a soul at work than you can with just an intellectual argument, which can be compartmentalized and shelved and rationalized to yourself. And so these witnesses of the martyrs, but all of the saints... Winning conversions through their example is such a great encouragement, I think, to get through to people, and of course through prayer, but to get through to people who you feel you just cannot reach through arguments that are self-evident, because sin darkens the intellect, they will be unable to see it on that level, but perhaps they'll be able to see it on another level, and if not, you just leave it in the hands of God.
0: One thing I'd like to say, Christian, and then we're going to want some final comments, maybe from you, and where uh, the book, where people could buy it. One thing I would say is this: I'm Catholic for the simple reason that, they, or one of the reasons why, is because the Catholic Church should not be here. It should not be here, according to atheist standards, according to how they think the world works. This church should never have gotten off the ground once Jesus was nailed to the cross, and then certainly after that. Okay, in other words, um. The Romans' attitude was the, I mean, I know they were pagans, so they believed in something, but they were practical atheists, okay? They believed in themselves to be gods and all that. You would think with all the power of the Roman emperor, okay, and the Roman governors, that Christianity never gets off the ground. Because when you threaten somebody with death, guess what? You should be able to stomp it out, and you have the power to do so. The church should not be here by any historical or an objective standard. Should not exist, yet it does. I think it was Cardinal George said that. Uh, when Pope Benedict was um, came out onto the the balcony when he was elected pope, he said, "You know, the 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 the, uh, the successors of Nero are dead, and the successors of Peter are standing. The successor of Peter is standing right there." That was my um, my comment on that. By their own standards, the church should not exist, um, and yet it does. And not only does it exist, it thrives and wins souls for Christ. Um, that's my quick comment. Kristen, final comment from you: the book and where people could buy it, please.
2: So my final comment would be, we are just embroiled in atheism today. Everyone knows people who identify as atheists or agnostic. And this book is so important because it shows where that came from. It's not just the natural state of man. It is a premeditated, willful act. As Father Michelli says, atheists are made, not born. And we need to understand why. And that will maybe lead people away from that error. It's available, as always, at our website, sophiainstitute.com. And thanks for having me.
0: It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, Christian. And we have to remember, we have to go out and we have to feed our minds with Catholic truth. It's not enough to know our faith. We have to know what the other side, and yes, there is another side, okay? We have to know what the other side thinks too, and to be able, as scripture tells us, to defend that which we believe, okay? That means we need to know those who are attacking us. Christian Van and thank you as always for joining us here at The front line with Joe and Joe. We really appreciate you coming on.
2: Thanks a lot. God bless.
0: God bless you. And thank you all out there for joining us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app, the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app. Share it with your friends. And wherever you see uh, our ugly mugs, Joe and I on uh, social media. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, wherever it is, like, subscribe, share, help us out a little bit. That would really be great. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.